Welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School with Michael Benner. Welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. I'm your host, Michael Benner. Happy to be with you as we continue what is now Chapter 8, the final chapter of the audiobook version of our book, Fearless Intelligence, the Extraordinary Wisdom of Awareness. And before we get into that, let me remind you that you should be getting our newsletter every week or two. In order to do that, all you have to do is visit my main website at michaelbenner.com and click on the button that says free newsletter. Just leave your first name and primary email address and you'll get that newsletter every week or two with information about audio podcasts, private counseling. Remember, first session's free, free intake session by phone, wherever in the world you happen to be. And you can develop your emotional intelligence, your self-awareness, the ability to think critically, solve problems, and perhaps most importantly, understand the meaning of your emotional feelings. Don't be a victim of the way you feel. No point in obsessing on the individual or the group or the circumstance that made you feel that way. You're not going to learn anything by thinking about feelings as if they've been done to you. They're personal responses. They're your feelings. They're about you. But thinking about them in a logical or reasonable way as you may have noticed, really doesn't work. It's a futile enterprise. Intuition is the language of emotional feelings, and they reveal you. Your thoughts tell you about other people in the world around you, but your emotional feelings reflect your individuality. Part of the grand paradox that while each of us is unique, not only diverse, but absolutely unique, and yet part of one thing. All of us share a source. We're made out of the same elements. We come from the same place. We're all part of a single family, a kind of a spiritual ecosystem where everything touches everything else. So by reading the book, by getting the free newsletter, you can learn a lot about yourself to liberate you, set you free, and give you the keys to happiness and peace of mind. All right? And with that, let's do our final chapter. Chapter 8, The Feelings Dialogue. By learning to relax and focus on our emotional feelings, we can perceive the extraordinary wisdom of our conscience, the voice of the soul. No myth is more destructive than the belief that we are separate and essentially dissimilar beings. Like the idiom about not seeing the forest for the trees, we fail to recognize humanity as a single family or the global ecology as a unitary life support system. Love is the self-evident solution to alienation, hostility, and fear. Yet, 
Loving one another is viewed as a lofty, challenging goal, despite having been taught to love thy neighbor as thyself, including love your enemies. Religious bigotry, race hate, and misogyny are sustained by the most insignificant distinctions, and the limbic brain's fight-or-flight reflex promotes worldviews twisted into false dichotomies, us or them, either this or that, and all or nothing. This appearance of separation also leads us to believe we are victims of circumstance. We presume we are effects of a life done to us. So we look for the cause of our problems in the external world. The natural world has no problems, only steadfast principles. Gravity, electromagnetism, and thermodynamics have integrity. Situations we perceive as problematic are born and sustained entirely by our confusion, ignorance, and unawareness. There is wisdom in recognizing heartache, dismay, and despair as personal responses that vanquish in the presence of self-awareness. It is not the comfort of peace and love that heals and transforms, but the insight and understanding it offers. The modern Western medical establishment linked emotions to mental health, even though ancient philosophers associated passion and sentiment with the physical body where emotional sensations are felt. However, emotions are a blend of mental causes and physical effects, interactions that rise from the center of the mind-body connection. With sufficient awareness, emotional feelings offer profound wisdom, insight that transcends the understanding provided by logic alone. Although unmanaged emotions can trigger illogical thoughts and regrettable behavior, we can learn to use safe, relaxed, and calm states to reveal astute qualities of emotionally-based comprehension and higher consciousness. As subjective expressions of our individuality, the primary value of emotional intelligence is to become better and better at understanding our individuality. Further, as we recognize what makes us tick, our empathy and ability to manage relationships also grows. In both cases, the key to emotional awareness is its place between mental thought and physical behavior. Our triune nature works best when intentional behavior results from lucid thoughts motivated by well-managed emotions. Yet, commonly, we react reflexively with little or no thought because I felt like it. Thinking comes last as attempts to rationalize our behavior. There's no question that Thoughts and emotional feelings influence each other, both cognitive, behavioral, and rational emotive schools of psychology are based on the premise that thoughts produce emotional feelings, yet it's also easy to see how emotions influence thinking. 
The force of emotions drives the energy of thought into action. Our best behavior requires well-reasoned thoughts motivated by even-tempered emotions. Feelings we fail to carefully consider trigger unconscious and often regrettable reactions, so we must learn to manage our emotional feelings with intuitive insight. The Sequence Thought, Feeling, and Action A calm, level-headed state of self-awareness, marked by lucid thinking and stable emotions, is necessary for composure and self-control. A simple way to remember that clear thoughts plus enthusiastic feelings create optimal behavior is the slogan introduced in Chapter 1. Check it out, feel it out, act it out. With poor self-awareness, thoughts and feelings are easily conflated and confused. For example, statements like, I feel like I can't do that, or I feel like I don't deserve it, are not emotional feelings. They are mental conclusions, judgments born of self-loathing and low self-esteem. Similarly, feeling guilty is not an emotion, but rather an unconscious decision resulting from thinking about feelings like shame, remorse, or humiliation. Also, using the expressions feel like and because are unconscious means of pivoting from uncomfortable feelings to the relative safety of objective thought. Saying, I feel like a failure, doesn't make it an emotional feeling. It, too, is a mental judgment. People can be quite obtuse about their emotions. One counseling session that stands out in my memory involves a married couple we'll identify as Jim and Ellen. Near the end of their first session, I asked Ellen to tell Jim how she felt about the relationship. Looking down as if into her body, she slowly listed the emotions she had been feeling. Well, I feel hurt and confused, lonely, abandoned, actually, also sad, depressed, and angry. Turning to Jim, I suggested he tell Ellen how he felt about their marriage. Without hesitation, he turned and looked directly at his wife. I feel you're a bitch, he blurted. Before he could continue, I interrupted, No, Jim, that's not a feeling. But that's how I feel, he argued. So I explained, Jim, you're a bitch is not an emotion. It's a thought, a judgment with a lot of anger behind it. Jim continued to find it difficult, if not impossible, to take responsibility for his emotional feelings without blaming his wife or other people for making him feel as he did. Rather than see themselves as sources of their own emotions, victims view themselves only as targets or effects of a life that's being done to them. Physical and Emotional Feelings 
Just as physical pain and discomfort are often misdiagnosed, emotions are also difficult to understand when we rely on logical reasoning. We wouldn't search for the meaning of a Chinese word in an English dictionary, so why do we expect our thoughts to reveal the complexities of emotional sense and sensation? Mental keys don't unlock emotional doors. You would never reconcile your checkbook based on how you feel about your financial situation. It's no less absurd to try deciphering the meaning of your emotions with logical reasoning and analysis. When I counsel and train private clients and students in emotional intelligence, I often ask them to close their eyes, take a few slow, deep breaths, relax, and remember a time when they felt hurt, embarrassed, ashamed, or humiliated. Once we've identified a strong memory, I tell them to make it seem real, as if it were happening right now. Take your time and tell me how you're feeling. I'm intrigued by how difficult this is for most people. They readily tell me what they think, but struggle to find words to describe how they feel, much less why. Guiding my clients, I'll suggest, move your awareness from your head down into your body. Tell me what you're feeling in your body. They may begin with feeling words, but soon pivot to thoughts. I feel empty. It's a dark, heavy, depressing feeling, and I'm angry because, as mentioned, the word because takes us back to mental analysis of our emotional feelings, a devious, though largely unconscious, means of avoiding the intuitive awareness feelings offer. Again, let's be clear about the distinctions between mental thoughts and emotional feelings. Thoughts are reasonable, objective, fact-based inquiries and deliberations about the world. Emotions are personal, subjective, and motivational responses, reflections of our individuality. Both thoughts and emotional feelings bubble up into awareness from the unconscious mind. But unlike thoughts, emotions resist logical management. Attempts to understand your emotional heartache with rational thinking is just as flawed as the truthiness of using emotional feelings to understand the external world. The belief that something is right because it feels right only applies to understanding yourself. Even empathetic attempts to understand how others feel are limited by how well we understand our own emotions. Intuition, not logic, is the language of emotions, and therefore the portal to wisdom. To become aware of anger, depression, envy, or any other heartache while it's still a mile away, small and barely perceptible, we must first look into our physical body for the slightest somatic sensations triggered by emotions. Our emotional heart becomes calmer and easier to manage in quiet states of deep relaxation. 
So by consciously negating the tension of heartache and confusion with safe and calm responses, our emotions open to intuitive insight and understanding and become more amenable to transformation through suggestion. Imagine a toddler who sees a squirrel or a duck for the first time. As the child impulsively rushes toward the creature, it flees. Children must be taught to sit quietly and patiently if they want to feed the animals or see them up close. An intuitive approach to hurtful emotions requires a similar awareness. Intuition is as elusive as a wild animal. If you try to grab or chase it, it will outrun you. A similar approach is required to cultivate intuitive intelligence. This chapter will guide you through a remarkable method of questioning your emotions to discern their hidden and often cryptic meanings. By asking questions like, What is the most important realization I need to learn about myself? What personal growth lesson does this feeling represent? You will receive startling insights, provided you sit calmly, quietly, and peacefully, trusting your first impressions. Self-awareness and emotional interpretation. Humans are mostly unconscious, aware of only a small percentage of the mental thoughts, emotional feelings, and physical stimuli produced by the brain. Self-awareness varies from moment to moment, diminished by fear and tension, and enhanced by peace of mind and relaxation. Of the five types of awareness, situational, physical sensations, mental thoughts, emotional feelings, and mindfulness itself, we are least aware of our mindful attention and emotional motives. School teachers and parents educate us about mental reasoning, and physical education trains the body. Subjects like math, science, geography, humanities, sociology, and civics teach us about the world. But emotional intelligence and self-awareness is ignored. The development of emotional intelligence begins with self-awareness. Increasingly, the word mindfulness is used in the English-speaking world to refer to the enhanced awareness we've described as higher consciousness and fearless intelligence. The Merriam-Webster English Dictionary defines mindfulness as the practice of maintaining a non-judgmental state of heightened or complete awareness of one's thoughts, emotions, or experiences on a moment-to-moment basis. The prehistoric Pali word vipassana carries a similar meaning. It was 1530 A.D. before the English word mindfulness was first used in literature. The self-awareness technique outlined in this chapter is a blend of meditation, self-hypnosis, guided imagery, autogenic training, and cognitive emotional behavior therapy, CEBT. 
Our goal is to release heartache and confusion by recognizing the root origins of our distress. Expanded self-awareness relieves emotional pain in the same way it diminishes physical discomfort. Let's review the five most significant principles of emotional intelligence. Number one, emotional feelings are subjective responses. They are not done to us, but rather come from us. They tell us little or nothing about the people or events that stimulate them. Instead, they reveal our individuality and condition. No one can make us feel anything, loved, happy, disappointed, or angry, without our participation and endorsement. 2. Emotions reveal their meaning through intuition. Efforts to judge, reason, or think logically about our feelings impede insight and understanding. 3. Although emotions that hurt and irritate us are commonly called negative feelings, they are not bad. In fact, so-called negative emotions are fear-based alerts, vital demands from the brain for more information and greater self-awareness. Hidden within everything that hurts, frustrates, or humiliates is a treasure trove of personal wisdom. Positive emotions are comforting signals that encourage us to persevere. 4. Stress, anxiety, and fearful tension limit awareness and intelligence. Profound relaxation and peace of mind expand awareness and intelligence. And 5. Understanding is the antidote to heartache, confusion, and unawareness. It is the remedy for the fear, anxiety, and stress that arises to signal our need for greater self-awareness. The techniques featured in Chapter 7 will expand self-awareness and reduce stress, heartache, and confusion. Skilled meditators use these time-honored skills to manage the unavoidable stress of the modern world. Now, let's take the next step. The Feelings Dialogue Technique Love-based positive feelings reaffirm our outlook and behavior. The following technique will reveal and resolve hurtful, upsetting, and irritating feelings like anger, sadness, humiliation, distrust, and envy. All hurtful, negative feelings are supported by fear and ignorance. And because the best parts of us are hidden, where we're most afraid to look, we need to confront our fear and heartache to understand and release it. Read the following narrative a few times until you can recall its general flow during the visualization process. If you prefer, you can record yourself slowly reading the narrative with long pauses where indicated. As previously suggested, listening to the audiobook version of Fearless Intelligence may be the most effective method of learning this technique. 
Begin by sitting comfortably on a chair, sofa, or meditation pillow. Close your eyes and take three or four slow, deep breaths. And as you inhale, imagine drawing in strength and power. Each time you exhale, visualize yourself releasing stress, anxiety, and tension as if there were oily black smoke that repeatedly gets cleaner and fresher with each breath. Starting at your feet, slowly scan your body with your awareness, consciously and deliberately releasing tension as you move through each area. Feel each muscle group relaxing and unwinding. Progressively create and sense letting go feelings from the soles of your feet to the top of your head. Feel your muscles softening and yielding to the wonderfully gentle warmth of relaxation. If recording, allow the app to continue to run as you pause for a full minute or more, mentally scanning and deeply relaxing the entire length of your body. When you resume the narrative, speak more slowly and in softer tones. In your mind's eye, create an image of a beautiful place of perfect peace, a sublime, halcyon paradise of ideal relaxation, where you are safe, calm, and peaceful. Imagine yourself strolling through this bliss, whether it's a beautifully landscaped garden or a warm, sunny meadow beside a cool, shady forest. As you wander, feel the gentle warmth of the sun on your face and arms and the slightly cooler dampness of the shady woodland. Listen to the birds singing and smell the delicate fragrances of the flowers, grass, and trees. In your body, feel as if time stands still, that there's nothing else you need to be doing and nowhere else you'd rather be. Find an area that feels as if it's your perfect place, the most beautiful and peaceful spot you can imagine, perhaps beside a small stream or pond. Sit upon a grassy spot and imagine how it might feel to have roots connecting you to the warm, fertile earth. Consider how a tree, a flower, or blade of grass feels to be so deeply connected to the ground of all that grows here. The feeling that you're pretending and just making all of this up is exactly right. Recall the emotional hurt, heartache, anger, sadness, or confusion 
you've been feeling lately. Allow yourself to feel it in your body as you would feel physical sensations. Then, trusting your first impression, ask yourself if this feeling or set of feelings had a color, what color would that be? As an initial sense of color occurs, ask yourself, and if this color had a texture or temperature, how would it feel to carefully reach out and touch it? Again, accept your first impression without judgment. Now, as if pulling a large bedsheet out of the dryer, imagine drawing this colorful hurt into a large ball. Tuck in the corners and work it around in your hands, compressing it from beach ball sized, smaller and smaller, to the size of a basketball, and finally down to a baseball sized sphere of color that contains your heartache and confusion. Next, imagine throwing this ball as high and far away as you can, and when it lands, see a great burst of colorful smoke. This murkiness is so thick and opaque that initially you cannot see more than a few feet in front of your face. As gentle breezes disperse the gloomy clouds, you can soon distinguish a character or creature of some sort slowly approaching you as a symbolic expression of your heartache, sadness, and fear. This being will be a virtual simulation, not anyone you know personally. It will emerge as a person from fiction or history, a spirit guide, animal or cartoon character. As a face and figure take form, watch for distinguishing characteristics to help you focus your attention. Silently and internally, Express your appreciation for its presence and ask, What is your name? How shall I refer to you? Your first impression may occur instantly or take as long as 15 or 20 seconds. It may be an odd or common name, a generic title or label. Make no effort to decide on a name. Allow it to occur to you as if you are dreaming. Repeating the name or title you've been given, ask the character or being, because you represent my heartache and confusion in this instance, what is the significance of your appearance? Why have you taken this particular form? Again, it's essential we resist the temptation to logically choose an answer. Instead, 
patiently wait with an open mind for the apparition to speak or somehow show you a response. The third question you will ask is the most important. Silently and internally say, Because you represent something I do not understand about myself, please tell me what personal growth lesson is hidden within my heartache and confusion. Pause here for as long as it takes your emotional entity to describe what's going on. Expect to hear a gentle and compassionate explanation of why you're hurting, anxious, angry, or sad. Follow up by asking your spirit guide, is there more you can tell me about this? Again, wait patiently for an answer. Repeat this question after each response until your emotional voice is silent and still. Finally, tell your inner teacher, I was taught to ask whether you have a gift for me, something symbolic to help me remember what I've learned here. If the gift you're handed is wrapped or in a box, open it. If you're not sure what it means, ask your guide. Thank your emotional helper with genuine sincerity, whether with a smile and bow, a handshake, salute, or a hug. Watch your guide turn and walk away. Silently tell yourself that you will slowly count to five, and when you reach the number five, you will open your eyes, wide awake, with a complete memory and deep understanding of what you've just learned about yourself. Counting, one, feel yourself beginning to gently float upward, as if in the basket of a beautiful hot air balloon, floating ever so slowly and gently. Two, you drift up into a clear blue sky with just a few scattered puffy white clouds. Three, coming up above the treetops, you notice the horizon slowly spreading out in all directions. Remember that five will be wide awake with a perfect memory and deep understanding. Continuing, four, feel the chair supporting you and the floor beneath your feet. And five, eyes open, wide awake, feeling fine, better than before. Quick Fix The point of practicing this technique and the others in Chapter 7 is to become more alert and self-aware throughout the day. 
surprising events will occasionally trigger defensive feelings and impulsive reactions. We have a tool for such situations, a simple five-step method for quickly returning to a state of high self-awareness. It can easily be remembered with the mnemonic BRAIN, B-R-A-I-N. The letter B reminds us to breathe. Two or three slow, deep breaths are sufficient to reassure the limbic brain and bring the higher brain functions of the neocortex back online. The letter R tells us to relax. As you exhale each deep breath, create and sense a letting go feeling throughout your body. The letter A means we must accept the reality of the situation in which we find ourselves. Denial does not serve us. An intelligent response depends on acknowledging the reality we're facing. The letter I stands for initiating self-aware responses in place of reflexive behavior. Consciously review your choices and take deliberate action rather than reacting without a thought. And the letter N reminds us to nix negativity. Our ability to influence others and manage difficult situations requires self-management. We can't do anything for others that we're unable to do for ourselves. Initiate positive goals for the benefit of the greatest number instead of reacting to what you don't want. In conclusion, in his classic book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, author L. Frank Baum weaves a mystical allegory about confronting fear to develop our self-awareness. Dorothy's companions along the yellow brick road represent her mental, emotional, and physical nature. The scarecrow feels inadequate without a brain. The tin man fears he has no heart. And the cowardly lion is searching for the courage to address his fear of just about everything. The story ends with the wizard explaining that everyone already has everything they feared was missing except for self-awareness, at which point Dorothy awakens to discover she'd never left home. Her fears were only a nightmare, shadows of unawareness. Because the best parts of you were hidden where you're most afraid to look. We must search for everything that frightens us and ask why. What is this fear? Where does its power come from? What does it represent? As we become more aware, fear melts away, like the wicked witch when splashed with water. The cure for fear and ignorance is awareness, the truth, goodness, and beauty of peace, love, and understanding. 
As awareness grows, fear dissipates. Imagine realizing that every answer you're looking for is already within you, but veiled by fear-provoking unawareness. Then, like Toto, we must fearlessly pull back the curtain of confusion and ignorance to expose the truth about who we are and how we fit into the world. Everyone suffers from profound anxiety and depression at least once in their life, and probably numerous times. Sometimes the meaning of our desolation is simple. Many years ago, during an exceptionally low period, I found myself doubled over in the fetal position in front of our fireplace. I was deeply worried, depressed, and feeling out of control. I was hoping to find some comfort by lying near the fire. Soon after rolling onto my back, I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. I gradually became aware of my unconscious efforts to push against the elephant for fear I'd be crushed. Desperate to rid myself of this oppressive feeling, I closed my eyes and asked my intuition, what can I do to get rid of this elephant? Within seconds, an inner voice whispered, let go, which of course sounded crazy to my logical mind. If I let go, the weight of my problems will surely crush me, I thought to myself. And yet, my conscience whispered again, let go, Michael, just let go. After a few minutes, I surrendered and stopped resisting, certain I would be emotionally crushed by the enormity of my difficulties. But amazingly, the instant I let go of my resistance, the elephant disappeared. As I lay wondering how this could be, my intuition whispered, you thought you were pushing it away, but actually you were holding on. It was your elephant, Michael. It was your elephant. So it is with any barrier that impedes our progress. Despite appearances, we must take ownership and responsibility for failing to see our way through. Always remind yourself, it's my wall. I put it there, and I can release it, brick by brick. Fear, anxiety, and stress cannot be conquered or overcome. Resistance is persistence. Instead, we must accept our fear and bewilderment, to be aware of whatever they represent. Only as we realize the meaning behind our fear will we embolden ourselves to release it and apply the lessons learned. In the end, love and happiness are not merely personal pleasures, but derivatives of the awareness that embraces all things. We are fragments of one life, redeeming our illusions of separation and duality. Love and understanding is the path to wholeness. Ooh.